Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. episode of Musicals Taught Me Everything I Know. It's a show where we talk about musicals, funnily enough, and the lessons that they teach us. We all love musicals here at our uh, virtual table today. It's another Zoom episode. How exciting for us. Um, And we love to share that with you. So we have three hosts and a special guest. It's almost a full table. Producer Zane is also here pushing everybody's buttons. My name is Miranda. Hello. Who else? Hello, Miranda Selwyn. <laughs> Hello out there. Julie's here. Hey, Julie. Hello. How are you? I'm pretty good. How are you? I'm good. I'm feeling hyped to talk okay. about this show today. I'm feeling tip tap and top and tippity. Anyway, moving on. KB is here. Hey, guys. Hi, Miranda. How are you, what KB? Tap it is. I wonder why you said tapping when you said tip top tapping show today. A tip chop and tapping tippity tipping show. Interesting. Because we're going to talk to Aston. Hey, Aston. Hello. How are you? I am so good. This is I'm your... so good for a Sunday evening. A Sunday <laughs> evening? What are you talking about? This show comes out live to you on a Friday morning. <laughs> but what also... a great, great start I've had. <laughs> no, Just, no, it we don't pretend it's It comes out at like 1am on a Friday morning. That's That's right. None of us are awake at that time. <laughs> it comes out literally whenever you're listening to it. Let's just put it that way. Yeah, let's go with that. Well, thank um, you for having me. Thank you for being here and uh, talking to us about this fabulous show. What have you brought us this week? Oh, I've just wrapped it up in a nice little package for everybody Ooh. to unfold the goodness of the tip-top, tappity-tapping, <laughs> thoroughly modern Millie. Woohoo! I'm so excited about this. I really love, I've always loved this movie. And then when it became a show, it became better. And that's all you can ask for, really. Uh (laughs) I mean, Uh there are some things that become shows and they don't quite get better. They maybe go the other way, but this is not one of them. So I'm proud to be talking about Millie today. But before we talk about Millie, we have to get to know Aston. Are you ready to do the getting to know you quiz? Oh, yes. Um, I'm so ready. So I ready. ready. I got I, nervous for a second because I was like, getting to know me. Yeah. That's right. There's that bit. Oh, yeah. Remember that bit where we don't talk about the show, but we talk about you. It's um, all about me. It is all about Let's you for the next one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. No, all oh, this quiz is very long. Um, wow. We'll cut it down. It's fine. Okay. Which musical character would other people compare you to? Oh, yes, that one. I think you need to help me with that one because I don't know if anyone's ever said, oh, you are so much like Jekyll and Hyde. <laughs> Definitely not on the list. No. Not on no. the list. Not on the I list. I wouldn't Any put you on a Jekyll and Hyde list. Um, I think there's a bit of a Millie in you for sure. Mm. You've played the role, haven't you? Sure have. Sure have. Um, I'm racking my brain because it's been a while, but sure have. Yeah. <laughs> there must be more. Julie, any ideas? 
Who would I compare you to? Maybe, oh, you could very well be a Miss Honey. I was going to say Miss Stop Honey. Stop it. That was an answer to one of the questions that's coming up soon. Oh, my well, God. we don't tell them and then they won't know. <laughs> Mum's the word. Do you know, it's not really a character, but like I'm being told a number of times, I remind people of Tony Collette, which then takes me to Muriel's wedding, like movie, mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. then takes me to stage mm-hmm. in saying, I don't, I don't feel like I would remind people of Muriel, the actual character, but I don't know. In a round round Muriel in me somewhere. I think you'd remind me more of Rhonda than of Muriel. Yes. Mm. Okay, I'm good with that. All right, so we're done. We're good? Yeah. We've we settled on a Rhonda. Dick. Okay, good. Which musical character would you like other people to compare you to? Mm. Who do you aspire to be? I think that I would like to be compared to, oh, goodness, didn't think that one through. Um, it's a tough question. It's a tough question. It's a tricky one because all my yeah. other thoughts are, I don't want to take the answers for my other ideas. <laughs> Who do I want to, people to think of me as? Um, a character with a really wonderful quality. Do you want to be a Sally Ball? Do you want to be? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, I do. <laughs> Nailed it in one. Let's go Sally Balls. Yes, all right. please. Okay. All right. Well, we'll find you a journey. I might put book. that on my next question. Maybe I can swap. Maybe I want people to think of me as Miss Honey mm-hmm. because she's just delightful in so many ways. I do feel like I can relate to her being a teacher myself and also maybe being a mum. Some of the qualities that I see that she possesses, I, I love so much about that. So that maybe answers that question a bit better. And then maybe when we move forward to like dream roles now, Shall Sally. Shall we? Okay, well, we've done it. What's your dream role? Sally Balls. Just like that. (laughs) Just like that. Dream role, Sally Balls. All right, well, we're getting through it. What is your favourite Sondheim show? Okay, I have to go back to The Woods. Good old Into the Woods, which funnily enough is the last, well, yeah, the last live musical theatre that I did before the whole world shut down. We literally closed on the Sunday, or maybe that was the Saturday actually, and then by uh, after that weekend, yeah we did too I went home on the Monday (laughs) so when did we finish Sunday yeah no, we finished. Yeah, finished yes. on no, we finished Saturday. Sunday, you Sunday. bumped out on Sunday. I wasn't even there, uh, and then we all got um, semi locked down on on that Monday, the next week. It was the Monday, wasn't it? It was the they last... let the weekend ride out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> just but... just to let everyone get in a little bit more COVID They're sharing. Like, Let's yeah. just see what happens. <laughs> we'll give it a bond. Now we better. Nah, yeah. yeah. Um, we'll let you finish your events for the weekend. But back to the actual show itself and my question, it is going to be Into the Woods. Um, I I loved it before, but I fell in love with it, being able to do it. Yeah. And, yeah I think a lot of Sondheim has that extra layer of appreciation once you've been in the show. That Absolutely. And once you have that understanding, it, it when becomes... When you become brain fried from the <laughs> lyric. <laughs> Yes. And the slight change of lyric. And let's yes. just do it 10 more times and add in one more different word. I just um, learned that in a week before launch. Okay, thanks. <laughs> and Aston, you played Baker's wife in that show. I did, yes. So, yes. so that is a very interesting role as far as lyrics that, that are ever-changing. And 
really teaches you how to count, I think, that role in, in of all the Sondheim roles. Yeah, that might yeah, be the I'm top here. one. So congratulations on making it through. Well, you're still alive. That's- thank you. It's one of those moments when you feel like you get to the point of, you know, the production is ready to, you know, be displayed to the audience members and you're like, yeah, I've got this. I'm just going to get up there. Like it's when you feel like something should be in your body and you're just doing the show without thinking. I don't know if I could honestly say I ever did one single show where there wasn't a moment like yeah, you have, you don't switch off, but it's like, no, you're actually more switched on because you are so alert and in tune and and listening to that music and watching that musical director. (laughs) And yeah, those internal beats are really really pumping hard <laughs> yeah what a wonderful show um let's move on before it's just you and me talking about you know sometime forever uh what is your go-to shower song what's on the playlist oh what yeah i was thinking about this oh like to be honest oh i know i've got to keep this pg but like i'm a mum and i have to like shower for my kids often and so i'm like i feel like i sing nursery rhymes and play schools right up there oh yeah with my songs in the ning nang nong is a slap (laughs) oh what was the song i missed that in the ning nang nong oh my goodness at least it's good for a bit of articulation Mm -hmm. (laughs) some good warm-up material there actually um one of my students said to me and it was a wiggle song that she said miss could we please do this as our warm-up and it was something about dinky dong or in the dinky dicky dong i don't know i shouldn't have said dinky dinky-doo i love you you're so terrific um but if i've got a bit of me time like how good are the acoustics so i think you gotta pull out your legitimate voice and do a bit of christine even though i could never do her on stage still a bit of Uh, just to clarify christine anu or christine aguilera or (laughs) christine from phantom i was down duet line i don't what was i thinking of um say you love me yeah all i ask of you a little phantom speaking of of andrew lloyd webber um you have to delete one musical from existence so which one is it well speaking (laughs) speaking of such um i feel really mixed about this but i couldn't think of anything else because i've done this and and i actually had a great time doing it loved the role i played just still don't get where everything all fits together mm-hmm. in the wonderful world of cats ah <laughs> uh, well i have classic some, deletion some good and bad news for you aston um cats has been deleted so many times that it is officially yep. already dead therefore <laughs> you get to choose another show oh my we know what happened happens when you're putting me on the spot here okay um, what, am great radio? what am i gonna delete oh, she's what, just looking around the room have now, a think like, through the oh. andrew lloyd webber catalog <laughs> um we can come back to it if you don't have strong feelings about anything in particular i really i really don't wow i can't you really no, do love musicals uh, we will come back to it. I'm going to hold you to that. Um, at the end, someone okay. remind me. Aston still has to has a deletion to get done before the end of this episode. I'm um, not Googling at all. <laughs> <laughs> musicals I hate uh, on Google. Um, so we're going to give this section a little rest. We're going to let Aston finish her Google search. And uh, then we're going to talk about Thoroughly Modern Millie. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. 
In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Woohoo! It is thoroughly modern Millie time and I'm so excited. Um, I'm going to calm down now. <clears throat> Aston, why yes. do you love Thoroughly Modern Millie so much? Why do I love it? Why do you love it? To be honest, didn't know anything about it. Then I saw that there was auditions, so then I got involved and and then I then I obviously was given the privilege to play Millie and then you just fall in love with it because you can't not. It comes down to every aspect of that show for me. Um, music, whoops, no, that's okay. Everything's all good on my end. <laughs> it was Google's fault. Um but costuming the incredible choreography and dance numbers that you get to do all rolled into this wonderful, somewhat comical, crazy twist of a story that brings you thoroughly modern Millie. Amazing. We're going to uh, put you on the spot again if you are perhaps prepared for this. Um, Speaking of the story, we would love you to tell us the story in two minutes. This is the elevator pitch, the entire plot of Thoroughly Modern Millie. Are you ready? On your marks, get set. Are you actually ready though? Because I won't Um, just make you go. Yep, I am so ready. (laughs) So ready. Okay, here we go. Ready, set, go. Thoroughly Modern Millie is a musical with music by Janine Tesori, possibly Montessori. Lyrics by Dick Scanlon and a book by Richard Morris. What I didn't realise at first is that it was actually a movie first and it was the dear old Julie Andrews. I shouldn't say old, the dear young Julie Andrews that played the wonderful Millie. And, of course, Millie Dilmont comes to New York to marry for money instead of love. Somewhat a little bit Dorothy comes from Kansas type story and along the way she makes all these characters that get her to where she's trying to be and um, I think she finds out along the way that uh, she wants to actually not just settle for a man with lots of money but she wants to have a wonderful emerald love she wants to have a what is a green glass love that's what Muzzy says doesn't she say I think that? so yeah along those lines and then but along with this the comedy comes when she checks in to her hotel in New York and it turns out that you know the owner is the leader of this whole white slavery ring in China and then we end up I don't know I don't even know where it goes at the end and everyone's popping out of containers and coming back together and getting married and um anyway how much time do I have I don't even know what I'm talking about right now you still have 25 seconds seconds. oh gosh what else do I want to tell you about (laughs) this show um you want some facts don't you it's just merely I don't know we just we just need the story we're gonna delve into everything else in a minute does Millie um get a happy ending That's what she said. Um, Yes, uh, absolutely, because she finds Jimmy and and she marries Jimmy when she thought she wanted Mr. Trevor Graydon, but no. But no. So in summary... Clear as summary, light. I don't know what I'm in summary, about. that was she 2014, goes... and I've forgotten what show that I played the lead role in. <laughs> so she goes to the big city, the big smoke, to find love, to marry rich, ends up finding the love of her, her heart, her true love. 
along the way meets a whole bunch of racist characters. Good time. Right. And yeah, basically that's that's correct. Um and in amongst all of that, some great tap numbers. Oh banging tap that's numbers. What we're there Not for. just any tap numbers. <laughs> We've got a bit of discography, if that's what you want to call it. Because Typography? <laughs> like tap dancing with, you know, desk and that wheel on wheels and on top of those desks where people push you around on those desks. It's pretty amazing what you can do with the tap number. That sounds very complex. Perhaps if we could find a video of deskography, we might be able to link it in the show notes so everyone knows what we're talking about. Um, it is pretty have. impressive. Uh, there's a, a This is a very joyous show. Um, Julie did mention that it's a, a little touchy on the uh, racism point. Um, <laughs> Just a tippity-tappity racist. A tippity-tappity. You know? um, so it has... Uh, racist isn't tapping. The, <laughs> it might. Um, this character uh, is the... Um, the woman who owns the boarding house where where Millie goes in, she's an Asian woman who runs this uh, Chinese laundry that smuggles girls out um, and kidnaps them. Is that correct? Yes, yes. Thank you. You're doing a wonderful <laughs> job of letting your listeners know exactly what the show is about. Uh, so Mrs. this character, Mears. Mrs. Mears, is is a character in the movie played by an Asian actor in the film. Never seen the film. <gasps> Did the show never seen the film? I mean, that's the way to that do it, right? True. Yeah. Apparently so. <laughs> um, so that my question mark remains. I'm Mrs. Mears was played by Beatrice Lilly, yeah, who, uh, Canadian-born actress, does not look in any way, shape or form. And I'm pretty sure in the movie they didn't use um, Mandarin or Cantonese either for when the brothers were talking. It was just random. Random syllables. noises. Is what I read today. Oh, no. Um, so. And when was the film made? 67? So the mm-hmm. 60s are still like late 60s is still pretty late to be using that sort of device mm-hmm. um so it, it was an interesting choice that they maintained it when they created the musical which came significantly later than the film yeah. so this um is in in all terms a fairly recent show it's one of those shows that uh, was a movie a classic film for quite some time before it got transferred to the stage much like 42nd street um which of course was from the 30s and didn't transfer until the 80s um so I, I I just really wonder where that decision came from to keep that character as it was. And in a sense, I think it's a bit of a throwback to the vaudevillian practice of the 20s, uh-huh. which is what the show where the show is set, in uh-huh. that they would create those um, poorly treated <laughs> ethnic characters. Um, any you also have thoughts? to think of tw- 2000 versus 2020. Yeah, like 2000, we were nowhere near as... Um, aware or self-aware of racism um than well, we are we now and we didn't care yeah it was like mm, we do now let's still laugh <laughs> yeah. and now we're like mm, maybe not well i'm just i'm curious how much you get away with with by saying oh that's the time period that the show is set in yeah the, does that cut it the guys who wrote it um have talked about it and said that it was never their intention for mrs mears to be <laughs> a racist character they were trying to go towards the end 
anti-racist route. Um, but we I also need to probably make clear a part in the plot that Mrs. Mears is not actually Asian. No. And there isn't from, or at least from memory of seeing the show, there isn't really in her introduction a big like, I'm just putting this on until much later in the act. Where she's you, don't, like, you don't find out she's putting it on really at all until the end. Yeah. Where it becomes very clear that um, she's not Asian at all. So I think, and it kind of comes down to how it's directed and how people want to approach it, of course, but if there's nothing in the tech that helps you, that does become a little bit difficult. And in saying that, a lot of high schools in America um, have done the show um, because they uh-huh. can, and that has been a, a big point of contention with like um, shows in New York being cancelled until the script has been uh, like revised, um, uh, like superintendents shutting shows down because of it. So it's yeah, I think it's the the point of contention with Millie. I know when we're trying to look for musicals to put on, Millie comes up a lot because it's such a fantastic show, but we always say no because of it's a bit of a fine line. Oh, yeah, how do you how do you tiptoe around? Uh, what if she was just not right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what if we just changed a good uh, a good. T- 30, 40, 50% of the show. Difficult, because Millie is such a wonderful show and it launched the career of Julie's favourite son, Foster, and Gavin Creel. Yes. Um, yes. And Gavin without, Creel. I didn't which, like, Sutton that. Foster was in the ensemble for the, all of the out-of-town tryouts and she was put into the role of Millie, like, very late in the game, kind of just as they were transferring to Broadway. So if things had gone differently, we might not have gotten the Sutton Foster we have today and Gavin Creel, like, both of them. Crazy, right? Everyone them. needs. Mm. Yeah. Um, but my fun fact that I read today was that the 99 demo had David Campbell singing Jimmy. <gasps> Good old Aussie fun. David Campbell. Who would have thought? Really? Yeah. <laughs> That's so I don't cute. even like with his Millie. So it's just a just the vocals. There wasn't any production of it. Sorry, but... did you say I, Kristen? I, say I love that pairing. Mm. Did you say it's Kristen things... Chenoweth? Kristen Millie. Chenoweth was Millie and David Campbell was Jimmy on the That's 99 a demo. Very yeah. different sound, both mm. to exactly. the original um, Dame Julie Andrews and yes. Sutton Foster. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, very different. Um, Curious. Yeah. Well, look, they made good decisions. Is all we can say. <laughs> Um, so let's talk briefly about the music because it is all a uh, very kitschy sort of 1920s feel, which is what makes it so great for tap dancing. Um, uh-huh. But there, while there are great songs in the film, I really feel like the new songs they wrote for the stage show were even better and certainly a lot more complex, a little bit more modern in their structure, I guess. Um, Aston, not having seen the film, could you feel the difference in performance between the new material and the old material? Well, that's what I was about to say. What was, what is, I don't know what pieces were in the original film that, um, sorry, I, I don't know the pieces that were now put into the stage musical. Um, Are we talking? Basically, they gave Millie, the they gave Millie a whole bunch of extra material. I would have to look it up to be certain. I'm about to start. I, I'm currently about, looking. Currently looking. The, the wiki is letting us down because the wiki is not telling us like a a blow by blow of what songs are actually in the show. I know um, Thoroughly Modern Millie is in the the movie and the musical, but that's the only one I'm certain on. Um, Yeah, so in regards to your question, like the the feel between the ones that were originally written earlier, I don't quite know, but maybe there is that feel of the likes of the song where she sings about Jimmy and it's got more of that 
sort of bar uh, ballads, very more classical sort of sound to it. That might be the okay. Dane Julie Andrews stuff. And I have got the soundtrack. I've Here got we it. go. It's Thoroughly Modern Millie, The Tapioca, Drink La Charm or Cham Chim, Jimmy, Looking Through the World Through Rose Colored Glasses, Baby Face, Ah uh, Sweet Mystery of Life, Do It Again, Jazz Baby. I can't believe that you're in love with me. Stumbling, poor butterfly, Rose of Washington Square, the Japanese Sandman, Jingle Bells, <laughs> um, and then that old plenty- classic Jingle Bells, the Jingle Bells, Hallelujah Chorus with plenty of money and you, Lullaby, Where Oh Where Has My Little Dog Gone? I'm assuming a lot of these are in like the background and bridal chorus. Almost so- all of those are not songs from the mm. stage show. Uh, yeah. yeah. So the musical would be Thoroughly Modern Millie, Jimmy, yep. Looking Through Rose-Coloured Glasses? Mm, yes. No. no. Yes. Jazz, jazz Baby? Nope. nope. No. Jazz Baby is in something if it's not this. Anyway, um, <laughs> we do I'm have to move Carol on. Carol Channing in this, by the way. Ooh, Carol Channing did the original. Um, oh, no, never mind. Uh, she did the this movie. This was her only. This was, uh, Carol Channing in this movie is her only Oscar nomination. Aw, congrats, oh. Carol. Yeah. You mean she didn't get <laughs> one for the Muppet but movie? I was just like, what? She was great in that. <laughs> um, Julie, do you have a bad review, Julie? I do. I'll give you a little a little taste of this review. This is um written where is this? Timeout.com. Three out of five stars. Well that's <laughs> not too bad. And there's a friendly warning at the beginning. Friendly warning, we're working hard to be accurate, but these are unusual times. So please check. This was um the Jazz Age musical is back in Melbourne with a starry cast. So this is an Australian production. Mm. It's weird and roundabout Genesis for a Broadway musical. The nonfiction film starring Julie Andrews premiered in 1967, but it wasn't until 2000 that Richard Morris and Dick Scanlon adapted it into Thoroughly Modern Millie. An all singing, all tapping homage to the 30s musical films of Fred Astaire, Ginger Rogers and Busby Berkeley. It's actually set in 1922, but nostalgia cares not for historical accuracy. It's a show that means nothing and aims to please, which is probably why it was so successful coming around the time of 9-11 attacks in New York. It might find a willing audience in these times too, as they clamber from in from the cold to shake off a whiff of doom from their evening coats. Uh, it will require a strong stomach for overtly racist tropes and tired sexual stereotypes, though not to mention a, per- a per- penchant for the kind of paint-by-numbers songs that are forgotten before they even reach <sighs> the resolving chords it oh. continues in such vicious wow. fashion who was in that production uh, uh, uh um let's see if they name uh central twist annie atkins was millie um uh, not that the support is bad nigel huckle was jimmy um claire lyon was um miss dorothy i don't think the review said it just anything. said it said a starry cast so i yeah. was wondering what the starry <laughs> cast we were getting i mean they might have been in just starry costumes <laughs> maybe maybe the costuming is um quite a bit of the appeal to this show i think mm, um I, I kind of get where all of that's coming from except maybe the stab at the music because that's what i thought Paint i by love numbers. the music in this show and i think it it could have been really paint by numbers it could have been like the boyfriend reworded but it it wasn't i think it was more than that i think it was better than that and i think sutton foster and aston agree with me um and on that note (laughs) i'm ready to move on to lessons learned who else me yay What did we learn from 
thoroughly modern Millie. Don't all go at once. It's an ongoing <laughs> lesson of how to navigate problematic content um, that we have mentioned earlier, but it's hard because it is that thing of like when it was written, this was the intention and now we're in 2020 and everything else is kind of, you can perform everything else in Millie without there being too much of an uproar, except for that, like three, those three characters, you know, <laughs> where you're like, it's such a good show and it's not, don't get me wrong, there are much, like Oklahoma can like, no, they're like totally different in terms of what the problematic content is, but it's hard when you love a show so much to then try and, yeah, it's just that navigating. How do you navigate it? I wish I you had haven't it. learned it, but you've learned you want to learn it. And that's the thing, it's that ongoing lesson of every time you see a show and you kind of like, if the times are changing and how do you, how do you oh. create a show that's called Thoroughly Modern Millie, make it modern for the yes. time that you're in, you know? Because yes. <laughs> like, yeah. even uh, in itself, the times are changing at the time that this is set in the 1920s of that revolution for women and they were you know the flappers were coming out and they were bobbing their hair and they had their skirts and we were looked upon as that was a bit taboo but we're like no we're gonna come on out and check out these ankles yeah (laughs) yeah yeah I think I learned a fair bit about 20s fashion because I I watched the movie when I was quite young and I was like, oh, so I, I think I got a little bit of my understanding of maybe 20s fashion and that kind of revolution from Thoroughly Modern Millie. Yeah. Um, I I think there's something in there about the power of a, a good haircut. <laughs> or <laughs> a know, good week. It's, it's more about that um, to those characters, to those women, and particularly to Millie. It was a symbolic moment of mm-hmm. change. And it's not unusual for a woman to think, you know, I really need to change something big about my life. I'm going to go and get yep. all my hair chopped off like that is actually still part of our yeah. social fabric and it's a normal feminine reaction to uh-huh. I need to control something and make a big change I'm gonna mm-hmm. go get all my hair cut off it's something that we we genuinely still do yeah, yeah it's within the next two or three weeks for me I think <laughs> yeah as a positive though I reckon because yeah. like yeah you have that decision to make that choice for yourself and it's kind of yeah invigorating when you've gone or well, yeah I've done it too Oh, you can't see that. I'm just showing you my... Um, yeah, when you go from that change of look. The yeah. small town girl to the big city star. In it, one I, easy step. It taught step. me that you can be a small town girl that makes it in a big city. Mm. And maybe in a way... Be, I was going to say it doesn't have to be that she's made it as that star or she's found the person with the money, but mm. she still has found the life that she's wanted to and the love that she's wanted to by making yeah. that change. I was going to say that maybe she's she has learned that um, all all good things come in good timing and not necessarily in the way you think it's going to be. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Do you know um, something that probably from my personal experience of playing Millie in this predict- uh, particular production was, I was thinking about this earlier, Hugh Jackman in his tour last year had mentioned something about, is that a good thing, Jules? Is uh, I'm just making a face because you said Hugh Jackman and he's and is that a <laughs> Nah, hate oh, Hugh it's Jackman. a vomit face. No. Oh no! Let's put you in the bin. The audience oh, can't see the face. It's fine. Yeeted right in that bin. Oh no! Is that with everybody? No, no. no. Okay, good. I'll, I'll carry on then. So when I fangirled over Hugh and listened to him tell his story about that he, you know, waits there in the wings because he wants to hear that audience coming in and get that, um, <laughs> and, and get the, um, yeah, the feeling of what the the whole he wants the. Buzz. He wants the vibe. Um, 
was in this particular production, I needed to walk out the back of the theatre and into just what felt like the hallway waiting to go home to the car park and you hear nothing. Like, And it's like, oh my gosh, I need to walk on and start this show and sing Not For The Life Of Me. But uh, you suddenly feel so disconnected to what is happening inside the magic of a theatre space. And I guess it really taught me that value of being so present in that room. And of course, you do have to walk up to the door and then you hear the orchestra start and you get on in and then it spells and whistles. But yeah, I don't know. When I got thinking about what it taught me, it was about, yeah, valuing that time in that space. That's a lovely lesson. I really enjoyed that lesson. Oh, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Anything else before we hit the road on this segment? Oh. No? Well, so, let's... However, if you want a, another link, I did find on Pinterest, there's a whole thing, Musicals Taught Me, and then it's got a whole, like, list of ones from Thoroughly Modern Millie. I was having a good old laugh reading through some of them. Did you want me to share any? Yeah. Oh, please. Go for it. a bit more comical. So it's like, you know... <sighs> Um, oh, this one was funny. Hudson's floor wax doesn't matter. That's the big Hudson's floor wax doesn't matter. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> um, you can get by on green glass, but you can find an emerald. Uh, the whole things that musicals taught me. You can take the girl out of the small town, but you can't take the small town out of the girl. Um, oh, that's the same one. Oh, no, this one's a good one. You'll like this one. Soya sauce does not remove spots. <laughs> you know the whole scene where Mrs. Yes. Mears. Yes. yes. That's how Miss Dorothy is told to get the stain out of her dress. No. With soy sauce. That's no. not going to work. Um, so some valuable, important lessons there from <laughs> Millie. Um, we're going to dreamcast this in just a few moments. So who's going to step into the shoes of Sutton Foster and oh. Julie Andrews in oh the boy. role? There's some big shoes to fill. Of Millie. Uh, um, I'm going to put an Australian out there. Okay. And then I'm going to put um, Stephanie Jones in the role of Millie. She played Rhonda in Muriel's Wedding and Liesl in The Sound of Music here in the Australian tour. She is very talented, extraordinarily talented, and I think she would be a fantastic mm. Millie. I love oh. that. She was amazing as Rhonda. Mm. Amazing. Speaking of Rhondas, I would have loved to have seen a uh, young Rhonda Birchmore in this role yeah um being a tapper (laughs) of no great renown as she says herself but um you know she's I think she's a wonderful personality to um sort of pick up on the joyful naivety of of Millie I could also kind of see Rhonda Birchmore as Millie's ah nah maybe she's got a bit too much sass but I was gonna say as Miss Dorothy I think she has far too much sass yeah um she'd also make a great Mrs Mears if we're we're into that Um, I put Donna Murphy down as Mrs. Mears. She plays um, Mother Gothel and Tangled is probably where you hear her voice oh. most recently. Um, again, she's not Asian, but she's not meant to be. It's very confusing. It is so confusing. I think she so where be. do we stand on casting um, the Mrs. Mears, what, do you, what did she call them? Ho Ching and I forget their names. Something uh, racist. Pardon? Yeah, right. But I was like, is that because obviously 
um, it's been cast with two Australians in the production that I did. Yeah. So, like, what do we do in that situation? I think now it's probably in the same boat that everything else is in, mm. where it's part of the rights now to cast people of that heritage in the roles Absolutely. that they're supposed yeah. to be. You know, we've seen many a King and I with very little <laughs> um, colour in it. So we'll see. Look, I've said it once. I've said it twice. I've said it a thousand times. I've played Asian twice. <laughs> It doesn't make it right, Julie. It doesn't make it right. (laughs) No, I'm not saying it is right. I'm saying that's why it's wrong. Uh. Yeah, and I think it's probably, it is hard when it is a community theatre, amateur theatre or school production of it because it also, that limits. And I know that there's, I think there's alternatives in this script. So if you can't um, find actors of Asian heritage to play those roles, then the script, there is alternative script for for the actor. Mm. So I don't. Soon to be an alternative alternative script yes <laughs> yeah um, I put Jonathan Groff as uh, Jimmy love it oh that's nice Tis yeah nice. I think he'd be real nice I would I have think... liked to have kissed him on the window <laughs> ledge out of my we'll arrange it Aston. We'll arrange thank you so much <laughs> Uh, we could also, I mean, look, we haven't done it in a while, but let's just chuck Zach in as, as Well, Jimmy. that was the other alter. You know, he's like the understudy for Jordan. <laughs> <laughs> look, works for me. Um, can I just point out that Tom Holland is a dancer and let you do what you will with that? Mm-hmm. Yes. Also could be Jimmy. I just think he'd be super cute. In... He'd be adorable. Yeah. I don't know who you would match him with, though. Who would be Zendaya. his Millie? Uh, his Millie wouldn't be bad. I'm just say we'll find someone we'll find someone and young (laughs) very Um, young I think one of the things that that made um Sutton a really good pick for the show originally was that she came from nowhere and I think that's a really good quality for a Millie to have and uh, we often talk about this in the sense of these sorts of shows like um 42nd Street and things characters that are meant to be unknowns that arrive somewhere in some circumstance and find themselves or become something bigger you know it's it's a wonderful opportunity to give an unknown actor who can mirror that experience for the audience in yeah. that it is someone they don't recognize who just blends in who then becomes something more um so you know we'll get someone like that great great, great. <laughs> No, well, I was thinking um, when you talked about who we would cast, I I just was thinking in sort of our local network. I wasn't realising we were pulling out, you know, famous people's names. And then someone that came to mind who has been working professionally in music theatre um, but not taken on the lead role is Rachel Ward. Jill's doing that. Was that yeah. who you think? I was like, a- yeah. Hmm. yeah. Yeah. She's just about to be in the producers. Yeah. Exactly. And, um, yeah, I've seen her in um, a few other shows. And I just feel like she's got that Millie quality. Well, uh, that's wonderful news. She's coming one to watch. We will can call I, her can and I tell her. Paige with Paige McKay with with her as her Dorothy? Paige McKay. That's... McKay, sorry. <laughs> yeah, she yeah. won't listen. I'll be fine. <laughs> what do you mean? She listens to this podcast every single episode, I'm sure. She this does. is how we're going to find out. <laughs> I tell her every day that she has to listen to the episode. <laughs> um, um, yeah, she'd be a beautiful Dorothy. Friend yeah. of the show, Paige. Yeah. Um, you can go back to our little women episode to hear more from her um any others before i call it quits on this and we move on to our top fives ladies and gentlemen none from me and none from you producer zane is doing something on his phone and now he's planning for your next trip 
Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hello, it is top five time. What top fives are we doing this week? Um, I'm going to put Gimme Gimme in the top five audition songs. Oh, yeah. It's definitely in the top five audition songs I've heard. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And that's that's the list that we're putting on top Uh, five for the panel. Uh (laughs) Not for the life of me is uh, pretty up there. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, yeah. Not for the life of me is also short. Like I think that's why it gets done. Well, yeah, they're not bad choices. I, they're just they're good choices, so we hear them a lot. That's all I'm saying. Anywho, what else? Yeah, because on that note, somebody that I know, somebody I know really, really well, auditioned with not for the life of me um, for a come. Um, oh my gosh, get your words out, Aston, for the producers. That was my audition callback song. There you go. Yeah, it's a good one. So, yeah, overdone, but done well. Look, <laughs> when it's you a banger, it's a banger. It. It's true. It's true. Um, I'm going to put this role as top five roles for Sutton Foster, oh, as that Sutton Foster has done. Top five Sutton Foster roles. There we go. Yes. That's what I thing. I heartily agree. Yeah. Um, top five 1920s shows? Question yeah. mark? Anyone challenging on me there? on that point? I'm not going to challenge you. Oh, thanks. Let I'm going to say have. top five um, f- uh, slightly different tap choreo numbers. <laughs> Interesting uses of furniture in dance. Yeah. Discography. <laughs> discography. Top five discography. Um, that's an interesting list to try and I'm fill sure out. Yeah. How to succeed has a number of less desk. <laughs> could have more desk. It could. It could, could have more desk. Depends on the production. Mm. That's a challenge I'm putting out to choreographers everywhere. More, <laughs> more desks. Um, I think it, for like a musical written in the 2000s, um, top five like trip, truly triple threat roles in, in a more contemporary setting because we don't always get that these days. Mm, true. Mm. I, I think that's testament or in part anyway to the style of the show and where it's set mm. and how it was. Yeah. So it's a modern show only by when yeah, it, it was, was written, written. <laughs> not by yeah. style. Yeah. Any others? There must be more. I think there's We're somewhere. Top five of costuming for its era. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Very era yeah. specific. I mean, that red dress is pretty iconic, iconic. for me. Yeah. You yeah. know who you know who you're looking at if you see that poster. Matched with the black wig mm. or, you know, haircut. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's what you're rocking at the moment. Anything else? Any other top fives, no? Oh, short and sweet this week for Thoroughly Modern Millie, just like her skirts. And that wraps us up for talking about Millie with Aston. Um, Julie's loving my segue there. Um, Aston, are you doing anything at the moment? You rocking and rolling in the... the I'm rocking and rolling in my lounge room. Just in the lounge room, not in the theatre space at the moment? Mm, it Like... In regards to theatre space, I had my first gig back last night to a live audience. 
a COVID safe audience, mind you, that couldn't dance, oh. they couldn't sing, and we had like as if we were at a festival, the big silver barricades around the stage <laughs> where the security guards, could, there were no security guards. But Were you like, but wait, was been. this an ABBA gig? Yes, it was. You can d- please don't. You <laughs> can j- please don't. <laughs> Or, you know, the rehearsed in, you know, um, dialogue that you do. There's one you can all get up and dance to and you're like, oh, no, you cannot. (laughs) You need to sit back down and clap along. Oh, whoopsie. Um, So where can we catch you in ABBA? In coming weeks. Well, there are. The gigs are now finally opening up again. Um, Jeez, Star Casino. Um convention center at the gold coast however so sorry that's a corporate one so, so who are we looking for if we're gonna if we're gonna stalk you in terms of this gig You're are we looking for the plug i understand yeah. how this mm-hmm. now it we are called avalive yeah so if you want to find us you should go to www.abalive.com very love nice. it there you go we'll put the link in the show notes as of course as we always do um mm-hmm. thank you so much for coming on Aston. it was lovely to see you um via zoom talk to you and uh share this show with our audience have you had a good time i sure have do you it's remember your homework you from the first segment oh deleting your that. homework from the first segment do you remember that you <gasps> thought i'd forgotten you, <laughs> you thought you. i'd forgotten well you guys were hinting with andrew Lloyd webber i don't want to erase it because there's a couple of songs i love but i'll just say aspects of love <laughs> I'm having a giggle because it is the last thing I saw you in at uni uh, all those years ago. Um, And you were great, by the way. Um, (laughs) uh, But yes, I have seen that show five or six times and it was five or six times too many. I Good. Think. Yeah. Uh, great I show. I love that duet. Recommended See, to everyone. Leaving though. <laughs> yeah. Um, the usual couple of good songs. Uh, so we're going to leave it there, I guess. But if you miss us already and you want to find us and maybe listen to some other episodes about some other great shows, um, you can find us in all the usual places. Uh, Facebook, where musicals taught me everything I know. On Twitter and Insta, we're at musicals teach me. You can email us if you have a whole rant to share about anything or if you just want to say hey um, or send us your list of, what was it, two-hander musicals. Uh, musicals taught me podcast at gmail.com. Um, and, of course, you will find us at our home on the web, That's Not Canon Productions, where you can also find a whole bunch of other great podcasts and there are some more musicals shows joining the network so watch out for that um thank you very much aston julie kb this is the play out music thanks zane <laughs> i'm miranda have a great time bye 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 Hello and welcome to an advertisement for the Penny Peep Show. What is the Penny Peep Show? Well, in our podcast factory, our podcast scientists have been working hard on a range of light-hearted radio play anthology series that everyone can enjoy. Criminy Cricket, spokesperson. Is there a light-hearted radio play anthology series for me? No, every series is marked explicit. But why not tell your parents, nameless child? They'll find the Penny Peep Show wherever good podcasts are stocked. The Penny Peep Show. It's like dissolving your ears in a cocaine-laden off-brand soda. Is that a good Shut it, nameless child.